to a new series from the Messy Reformation. There's been a lot of discussion and deliberation coming out of Synod 2022 around issues of sexuality. Much of the discussion has focused on whether the decisions made were good or bad, helpful or hurtful. However, Synod made some other declarations that we need to pay attention to. Synod repeatedly encouraged churches throughout the CRC to start having discussions about what it looks like to do pastoral care with those who are sexually struggling. Synod stated that the Human Sexuality Report offered sound introductory guidance for churches that should serve as conversation starters on how to best do pastoral care in these circumstances. Synod also stated that continuing conversation around pastoral care might have a powerful influence on elements of congregational life, such as gospel preaching, faith formation, the diaconate, our missional calling, the sacraments, and church discipline. With these strong encouragements from Synod for continued conversation on the topic of pastoral care for the sexually struggling, the Messy Reformation has decided to begin having some of those conversations, and we plan on dropping these episodes every Wednesday evening. We want to state right away at the beginning of each episode that we view these conversations as the beginning of a conversation. There's no way we can comprehensively discuss every element of pastoral care in such a small period of time. However, we want to start having the conversation and build from here. It's also important to remember that conversations go both ways. We don't want these conversations to remain between the people on the podcast. We want you to get involved as well. As you're listening to these conversations, we would love for you to be in conversation with us. We'd love for you to write down any questions, concerns, or pushback you may have, or anything you really loved about each episode. Then send that feedback to us at themessyreformation at gmail.com. We'll use your feedback to help us build future episodes to further answer your questions and concerns and then further the conversation. We're really excited about the opportunity to begin moving this conversation forward in a way that equips the saints, builds up the church, and brings glory and honor to God. So, get your pens and journals and enjoy the next conversation in our series, Pastoral Care for the Sexually Struggling. The fear that we deal with is keeping too many of us spiritual leaders, whether we're pastors or youth pastors or elders, deacons, parents. Um, the way the way that I deal with my own fear or my people pleasing idol is um, I've got to talk to Jesus about that and and ask him to help me deal with my fears and give me courage and wisdom. I pray all the time. I need wisdom. And when I get that wisdom, I need courage to be able to follow the path that you're laying out to me. So I need both of them. And then I need, I tell people um, that I need people who will encourage me. So, I look for people in the congregation who align with a historic Christian view of sexual ethics. And I, and they've let me know that they do. And I tell them how important it is that they pray for me. Mm. And I need to hear from them, especially if they themselves are same sex attracted and they're walking the pathway of obedience with um, their own sexual lives um, I, I, they, they feel isolated themselves quite often. 
Yes. So in fact, that's a that's a very important group in your church. It could be just one person in your church, but boy, do they need pastoral support and the pastors need support from them um, to speak with courage. Yes. I, yeah. had to keep, I had to keep saying, God, I want to fear you way more than I fear what people think of me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think you made a good point. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, I, you know, I, we've, we've done this conversation. I had this conversation with Peter Rockhold. Right. And so, and, and he, I, I'm pretty sure he said this on the podcast. I don't think I'm betraying any confidence in him, but I, you know, he had said, you know, here I am. I'm a, I'm a conservative Orthodox person regarding sexuality. I struggle with same sex attraction, but I don't feel like I really fit in the, with the conservatives. Like a lot of the conservatives, I just feel like uh, you just don't get me. But then on the other hand, the more, for lack of better term, progressives, you don't understand me either. And so here I am. And now I feel even more like lonely and kind of stuck in the middle here where I just don't, you know, I just don't know where I fit in this because I feel like, um, I think Kat had said at one point, we're maybe just talking past each other at some points. Um, have you kind of felt that too a little bit, Kat? Um, yeah, I think aspects of that for sure. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like I, um, I fit more with, for lack of a better term, like conservative, but traditional, um, you know, holding to a traditional ethic of marriage and sexuality. I definitely feel more comfortable there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I've recently had, uh, you know, just a, a situation where, yeah, somebody assumed, um, a theological conviction about me, uh, based, based on how I identify. So, um, you know, that's, it, it was a good reminder of like, Hey, things, things are messy. Things are unclear. Um, and I, and I think I was just really glad for that because it was kind of a reminder of like, be bold, like be bold about the gospel. And, and this is a, this is a way that you get to talk about it even more that you get to, you get to bring it into conversation because it is unclear sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so I felt like that was, again, I'm really like showing my optimism here, but I was really encouraged by that of like, oh, cool. Like that's another reason that I get to just talk about it instead of feeling like I'm just talking about it. Cause I feel like I have to like, huh. so it, that it can be helpful. Yeah. Um, I think I just had a conversation with another pastor and they were talking about how, um, our own personal sacrifices are often really great opportunities to share the gospel with people when they go, wait, you're, you're, you, you feel this tension inside of you, but you're just not full out. I don't understand that. Why? why? And then you have an opportunity to say, well, here's why. And yep. uh, that's a beautiful, and that not just in sexuality, I was just talking about with somebody, uh, my own kids got to do that in hockey. So they, they had, uh, they had played really well over a tournament, but they left and didn't play in the championship game because we went to church and they, the coach just couldn't fathom that. Why would you, I don't understand that. And they said, well, it, and they got an opportunity to share the gospel with their hockey coach because they, they made a sacrifice, a, a much smaller sacrifice, but, but it still, it was something that people were like, that doesn't make sense to me. That's kind of outside of my worldview. And uh, I think that's a, yeah, those are, those are great opportunities. And, um, I love your optimism, by the way, that's a, that's a, that's a great, that's a great thing. Um, do you have any words of wisdom, Kat, for, for pastors as, as they're shepherding their flock and as they're, 
encountering people in their church who are struggling in particular with kind of a gender dysphoria or, or a trans identity? Um, like what are some things that you would encourage them maybe to do? And then maybe some things that like definitely don't do this. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think we've, we've certainly hit on some that are pretty major. Um, I think, yeah, leading with curiosity, a humble curiosity, um, a true to genuine desire to get to know them. Um, as well as like the stereotypes of like trying to just approach them as a person. I think for me, when I, when pronoun, like I was, I had, I've had a journey with pronouns. Um, so I, I didn't always prefer she, her pronouns. Um, I used they, them and then no pronoun at all, just like my name and instead of a pronoun. But in that, like when I would hear sometimes, and the reason for this is like when I would hear sometimes somebody call her, oh, it's, it's her over there. She wants, and I, I, there was just something about like sometimes, not every time, but like a tone of, it felt like somebody was trying to stick a like cut out pink dress on top of me and like try to make that fit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, so that was not helpful. Um, So really you know, uh, Greg Coles talks about pronoun hospitality, that we're showing hospitality when we are using someone's preferred pronouns or their pronouns. Um, it's a way for us to speak the language, um, and, and incorporate that. So that's, those are, those are great things, um, to, to be mindful in, in asking, Hey, what pronouns do you prefer? Um, so that's another one. I think the other one is to, <clears throat> Jackie Hill Perry says this, um, like just really simply, we need the Holy Ghost. We need to walk within and, and with the Spirit. We need to rely on the Spirit because we also, I think, have a obligation when we're discipling uh, as a command that we're supposed to do to be able to show someone else how to do that, how to walk by the Spirit. And ultimately, the Spirit knows best anyway. And so to think that we, we've got it, um, we don't have it. And so trying to build up that muscle of how we rely on the spirit, how do we abide in Christ? Um, how do we really live out John 15 where I can do nothing apart from you? And to really believe that, um, because our testimony is like, I love the fact, like when I get freaked out of like, am I doing this right? Like what's going on? I get to just rely on my testimony, like just, just live and be with him because that's, that's, that's the biggest part that that's, I think ultimately going to just shine. Um, You know, that's going to speak volumes to that other person. And so um, ultimately when you're walking with someone, what do you want to do? You want to show them Jesus. And so get rooted. That's, so it, it's kind of like an, a really easy answer at this, but really difficult at the same time, um, because that's that's really hard to do is, is to abide in him and to walk with the spirit. Um, but, yeah, being in deep prayer and, and taking those pauses and those time to just to just sit and be as he is with us. I think he's just so like, I'm so not in a hurry. Like, can we just can can I just love on you? Um so yeah, that's, and as far as like, I guess don'ts, I mean, yeah, uh, Preston Sprinkle talks about this of like, 
nobody got argued. I think, I think it's him. Nobody got argued into Christianity. Hmm. Um, right. Like, like we're won over by the love. I wasn't argued. I was born and raised in the church and it wasn't until I experienced the love this radical love. I think we, we talk about like Jesus dying on the cross, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like he, whoa, that's, that's a lot of love. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, we need to pause and just ruminate in that, um, just marinate in that. And so if we can, if we can just communicate that to others, I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter what they're wrestling with walking through. I know that this is, this is really trendy. This is really hot button. This is really hot right now. But um, this will transcend this point in time, uh, those those things. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good principle. I think somebody once said, uh, this is more in terms of apologetics, but I take it in just any engagement I have with, with people. The goal is not to win the argument, it's to win the person. And I think that's a, that's a really helpful understanding that we're not in this to just try it for me to, and, and if you're trying to win the argument to to kind of connect this to something that keeps coming up is uh, you're seeing the person as a problem to be fixed. And here, here you are. And now let me try to figure, figure that out. And, and I would say um, from my own experience, um, some of my own struggles in, in pastoral care over the years and just other for, we're just using conservative, whatever, but other conservative pastors, uh, when they get into a conversation with one who's struggling with same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria, um, and if they're like embracing it and kind of living that lifestyle out, they're like, my goal is to fix them. And, uh, and, ra- and, and then their own like impatience kind of starts to well up within them. Like if I don't fix them quickly, then maybe I'm not a good pastor. And rather than being in a place where, you know, like that's what I've appreciated from you, Dave, where you're like, Hey, I know the Bible. I'm going to tell you what I believe about the Bible. I'm going to tell you what it says. Um, but let's get to know one another and let's, let's kind of build some of this relationship and, and start having this conversation back and forth. And, um, and we don't need to like in two weeks, I'm going to have you fixed. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I know, uh, do you guys have any other words you want to want to say on this? I want to talk about some of the things that you guys are doing to kind of help people understand this, but, but is there anything that we've really missed? Um, actually one thing I'd love to hear from you, Kat, um, you mentioned Jackie Hill Perry. Um, are there other books or resources that you would recommend for people to, to dive into, to, to get to understand, uh, kind of the trans population more? Yeah, I think um, it, it's it's not really his, his his trans book, but Preston Sprinkles, People to be Loved. Um, everyone should read that book twice, um, a minimum. Uh, it's, it's such a humanizing book. Uh, it humanizes the LGBT community. It, it talks about, and throughout the whole book, he goes through biblical interpretation um, of what does the Bible say about same-sex relationships? What does the Bible say about, um, uh, you you know, in regards to can two people of the same sex marry, um, affirming, non-affirming arguments. And so he does such an amazing job with it. Um, And it's, it's not just for uh, straight people, it, I encourage any LGBTQ Christian to read it as well. Um, it's amazing. Another one would be, I got to throw my mentor, Lori Krieg, her and her uh, husband, Matt's 
book, um, Impossible Marriage. Um, so what a same sex orient, like a, a mixed orientation marriage, but same sex orientation marriage because yeah. they're both affected women. Um, uh, what a, what what a mixed orientation marriage has taught us about um, the gospel. Um, it's it's an amazing book. I think. Yeah, when we're looking at LGBT, um, we have to understand what marriage is and we have to know what the Bible says about it if we're even going to step foot into that pool. Um, and we have to know what our definition of marriage is and um, and have that be clear. Uh, another I mean, another book that's been really helpful, I think, if you're trying to if you're maybe more like heady and kind of want to know okay, is this a thing? Is transgender, uh, like this disconnection, is this a real thing? Mark Yarhouse's book, um, Gender Dysphoria, is excellent. I think, um, you know, for kind of a trigger warning for trans people, um, it is a little bit triggering, but I think it, it really does break down. Um, and, you know, Mark Yarhouse has done a lot of work with sexuality and then also with gender. Um, he's, you know, he's at Wheaton. And, um, yeah, Christian psychologist. So th- those are some books that I would um, that I would recommend. There's a lot more. Greg Cole's, yeah, yeah. Dave, do you have any you want to add to that list? Let me just say this: that um, I think it's important to watch people who are um, evangelical Christians who hold to the historic Christian view of sexual ethics and who know how to communicate in this space really well. So <clears throat> the, the um, seminar that Preston leads, you can actually watch him. You can watch him in person. Um, you can go to Pella, Iowa in January if you want to go there in person. But I would encourage you to spend the 50 bucks. You go to the, the um, uh, website, the Center for uh, Faith, Gender, and Sexuality, and look under events. And I'm already registered. I'm going there virtually. I've been to several of them in person. And it's because I watch somebody whose God is called into this space to do it without anxiety. And I'm not saying Preston never has inner, any inner anxiety, but he's comfortable in his own skin talking about this as a, um, uh, a Christian scholar. And he's pastoral. He, he acts like a pastor in these environments. And I just think watching people in these environments who you it can give you hope. It can give you optimism. It can give you courage. By the way, if you want a shot of courage, go look up Jackie Hill Perry and watch her for 20 minutes and you'll bust through a wall. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. I agree with all of the choices that Kat raised. I think they're all great um, resources. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you guys have uh, like a final word that you want to leave everybody with? Like I've said, we've got pastors and office bearers and just your typical average Christian who who will be listening to this podcast, trying to figure out how to enter into these kind of conversations. Do you have a cat? Do you have a final word you want to leave us with? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we 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 used to have a spirit of fear, but we do not anymore. Uh, and so living into that of, of being bold, um, and just, yeah, having, having courage and just rest in his love, um, rest in his love for perfect love casts out fear. Amen. The only thing I would say is I love what Kat said about John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
but in me you bear much fruit. And so be rooted in Christ. Um, and then, you know, trust the Holy Spirit. That's my last word. It's an amen to cat, really. That's it for this week's Pastoral Care Conversation. Not sure when the next one's going to come out, but we're going to keep plodding along in this series. So keep your eyes open for the next episode to drop on a Wednesday night. Until then, don't forget this is Christ Church, and he bought it with his blood. And we've been warned that wolves will come in trying to destroy the flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. Preach the word in season and out of season. And keep fighting the good fight in this messy reformation. <laughs>